Welcome to the Art and Life Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. My intention with this experiment is to inspire hope and inspiration in your creative pursuits. Follow along as I interview artists, makers, entrepreneurs, and creatives from all walks of life. Listen while you work, listen while you create, listen while you dream up the next breakthrough idea. It's possible to make a life from your art, skill, or craft, whatever that may be. These interviews are evidence of that fact. If you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe to the show and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Share this with your friends, family, and all those creative people you know out there. Now, let's dive into this concept we call creativity. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing my sister-in-law, Lane Gallegos. Lane is an amazing human being. Uh, this episode is awesome. I, I feel like it was maybe one of my favorites. It was a really good one. We, we dove into all kinds of cool concepts like we always do. Um, Lane is a yoga practitioner and instructor. She's an acupuncturist. She's a mother and a wife and uh, lives in Montana and loves the outdoors. So we we talk about all sorts of really cool things in this one. And yeah, I'm excited for you to hear it. So be sure to subscribe if you haven't already and share this out to anybody that you think might be into it, might be um, in the mood for some creativity, some inspiration. Uh, yeah, anything else? Go for it. Do it. Now, without further ado, Lane Gallegos. Welcome to the Art and Life podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. And with me today is my sister-in-law, Lane Gallegos. Uh, Lane is awesome. She is an acupuncturist. She lives in Montana. Are you hearing that popping and cracking? I was just turning the volume down. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, sweet. <laughs> well, Lane, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Definitely. Um, I'm glad that we can make this happen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, why don't you tell everybody about yourself? Where are you from? How you got <laughs> here? <laughs> Well, um, all right. I am an acupuncturist. I'm a yoga teacher. I'm an herbalist. I'm a mom. I wear a lot of hats like we all do. Um, I'm originally from a small mountain town in Colorado and uh, my upbringing in the mountains, deeply in tune with nature has always kind of been my guiding force. Uh, I feel very fortunate to have had uh, the opportunity to grow up very much immersed in the wild. Um, I grew up with a mom who ran a ranch in the high country. So um, if I wasn't at school, my summers and time were spent um, feeding goats and chasing chickens and kind of learning about the cycles of life in that way. And it was really visceral and beautiful and also hard work. Um, and then I 
left home at 18 and traveled the world and went to college and then went to acupuncture school. And I guess that's how I got where I am. Hmm. Yeah. And you met a guy named Cam Gallegos at one point. I did. He's your brother. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I know that guy well. (laughs) Yeah. Good one. I like him. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, we Um, we met in Boulder. And I worked at a coffee shop next door to a, a bike shop that he worked at and completely derailed a lot of plans I had and um, created a lot of other really beautiful adventures. So, yeah. Yeah, you guys are a, a pretty sweet little love story. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because, I mean, you know this story, but I'll tell it to the audience. It was funny because because cam was going he was doing a bike race um on the western slope of colorado and i was his his crew Mm -hmm. and so we were gonna head out to the bike race and we stayed at your house um up in the mountains one night on the way (laughs) and this was the first time i met you and i was like whoa she is something else (laughs) and we left that morning and i (laughs) i said to cam Watch out for that one. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I think I scared you too because I lived alone up in this cabin at like 11,000 feet. It didn't have running water or heating. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. It was was a really good introduction. (laughs) Yeah, that place was really beautiful too. I I think it might have snowed that night. It probably Um, did, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was good. Um, so yeah, I wanted to have you on here because I mean, you're an artist of so many different kinds and disciplines and, um, like, I mean, we could talk about a bunch. I want to talk to you about yoga. I want to talk to you about, um, acupuncture and I mean, they definitely tie into together and, Mm -hmm. you know, like since I've known you, you've been, uh, like a guiding force in my life in terms of yoga and spirituality and those things. So and it's like there's so much to talk about do do you have anywhere that you would like to to begin Mm, well I just want to acknowledge that I love that we share that connection first of all um Mm. hmm, where to begin (laughs) I you know I would say that we could start with yoga um because that was a very uh guiding light and a chord for me I think into where I am now um, yeah. I walked into a yoga studio, the only one in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, when I was 13 years old. Um, and it was a Bikram studio of all styles of yoga. And um, I don't know, I'd never been really very good at sports, um, which I was always kind of bummed about. And I never really fit in with the sports team's kids. And I don't know, when I found yoga, I feel like I really found my body. Um, so it was very profound and not only my body, but my mind body connection. And, um, I'm eternally grateful for that stumbling into that very funky Bikram studio out by this weird little airport in London Springs, Colorado, many moons ago. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, well, and that makes sense too, because I mean, I feel like when, I feel like sports really works well for kids that have a certain upbringing. Like if you're, raised in, in a, like a suburb area or metropolitan area where there's a lot of kids, then you can be exposed to it early. Yeah. And if, or if you have 
like siblings that play also, then it really works well. But like the kids that don't, that aren't used to that sort of like a rough and tumble lifestyle or like aren't raised with it. It's like, there's just no way that they can really keep up or compete. And then it makes it not fun. And yeah. then, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like I remember I did, like I played soccer and ran track for a while there because I felt like I had to. And um, I remember it just like, it totally just made me feel bad about myself. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Cause I wasn't very good at it. Like I actually had pretty crappy coordination and um, was super distracted probably by like looking at flowers or something. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So yoga. Yeah. And I mean, distracted by looking at flowers, that's like, <laughs> that's a beautiful thing to be doing with yoga. <laughs> it's like, totally. <laughs> yoga is is all about presence and living in the moment right yeah um yeah well, I mean it's definitely influenced your journey in life why don't you talk about that a little bit yeah so I mean it's it's definitely like the longest practice of out of all the practices you can have that I you know I've ever had it's probably the longest relationship that I had is my yoga practice um and so, yeah, I stumbled into that funky studio and did that until I turned 18. And then I went to college in Boulder, which was quite the yoga mecca and um, fell in love with a lot of different styles and teachers being there. It was really, really cool experience. Um, and I got really into Ashtanga and Anyasara and Hatha yoga. And um, while I was in college... I studied abroad in India for about a year. Um, my study abroad program was five months long, and then I just ended up staying in India for a really long time. Um, and originally, I um, did this study abroad program because I wanted to study yoga in India. Um, and I actually didn't end up doing that, but I'm happy that my connection to yoga got me to India my study abroad professor professor actually wouldn't let me study yoga there they were like no 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 um all you silly white girls want to come do this you have to study something different um but that was <laughs> that was actually a great thing too because um the program I did was an art history program and um I ended up doing a really big project in creative writing um, and studying Sufi mystic poetry and travel writing that had happened mostly by Mark Twain um, when he traveled in India for the first time. And I um, mimicked and retraced some of Mark Twain's steps and retold the story of his journey in India through my my experience um so it was actually a really cool um experience that I wasn't banking on having um yeah yeah <laughs> and learned a lot of things I would not have learned otherwise totally yeah that's amazing i I didn't know about the art history yeah element of that yeah and I mean in India like that's a I mean, anywhere, really, but that's a thick one. Um, oh, yeah. It's a, a country with a lot of thick history and a lot of different religions and different people. And so 
all the art, as you know, this tells a story. And I, in this program, just feel like I got to learn about people in such a profound, um, beautiful way. It was, it was really beautiful. So I'm actually glad I didn't study yoga in India. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's really cool. And then the, the Mark Twain element, I mean, I think, yeah, I think one one approach that people can take uh, when like doing art projects, any sort of art is to like retrace another artist's steps, but do it in your own way. Yeah. You're always going to create originality through that process. Yeah. Um, And then like comparing elements and contrasting elements. That's pretty cool. It was really cool. And, you know, like I I rode trains alone you know, I'm like 20 years old, um, all around Northern India and spent a lot of time in Varanasi, which is very Hindu and very sacred to people who follow Hinduism. That's where people go to die, basically, so they can escape samsara. So I saw this one spectrum of the human experience, like the very end, like I saw a lot of very sick people who were basically waiting to die in this place so they could liberate from um being an embodied person like that was that was intense and lovely and harsh and then I traveled to Darjeeling and hung out with a bunch of people who practiced Buddhism in the Himalaya and it was dramatically different um even though they're kind of close locations to each other, it was, it was, couldn't have been different. Um, so it was, it was cool. It was such a journey of contrasts. Yeah. Uh, and you've talked about India before and I, I forget what exactly you said, but it was, it was kind of that, like along the lines of contrast, but like you'd called it like one of the most dynamic places that, you can ever experience yeah because it's like you get all of it and you know it's like a full-on sensory experience all across the board yeah sensory overload for sure Um, (laughs) and a great lesson that you can do things in such a different way than what our normal is too um like the chaos there is functional to an extent and you know here it would be completely crazy and bizarre um so it was it was cool it was really cool did you experience like what was your experience coming back it was intense um I actually was pretty ready to come back like I was tired and missed my people here in the United States um and I was kind of maxed out from kind of always feeling sick to my stomach and um but when I got home uh and I mean sick to my stomach because there's a lot of bacteria there not because like I was disgusted it's just more like constant stomach upset um but when I got home there's definitely like that reverse culture shock and like you know was going back to finish my last semester at University of Colorado and it was it was super weird but good yeah i i experienced i studied abroad in italy and when i came back i definitely i went through like this funky depression Mm -hmm. because 
um well for one thing it was it's so easy to get around in um europe and everything's so beautiful and artistic and it's just like this you know it's amazing mm -hmm. and then uh to come back and just be in especially like to move back to lafayette colorado where mm -hmm. um which is a great place there's all these amazing things about it that's where i was born and grew mm -hmm. up but it's like big box stores and sprawling suburbia and like it, it just was you know when, when Italy was all these like sweet little markets and every every day you go to the market and get your food mm -hmm. and walk by and talk to people it's like such a so much of the rest of the world lives in in just like a completely different wavelength yeah it's so true um yeah and so in terms of like the the art of yoga like what are what are your thoughts on that mm. what, what are yeah what have you experienced um well i mean as a student and a teacher i guess i've experienced that um because it's a practice right and i think anything can be an art it's like how you do it it's not what it is it's how you do it um and I think health is an art and our bodies are the greatest works of art. So getting to be embodied and move that body and breathe into it and be present um, on a two by five or however big a yoga mat is piece of rubber. Like, um, I don't know. It's, it's a really lovely um, invitation into the art of yourself yeah and the, like i feel like there's so many different layers of the art of it um, yeah for sure. there's, like, there's the physical you know like what would you say about that um yeah i mean yeah there's the physical body and then there's the energetic body and the spiritual body and i mean i i don't really want to get too theoretical right on you um but um i you you can feel free <laughs> we got we got, we got time, time and space yeah, this is what it's all about. <laughs> I mean, yoga, like the root word of it is union, right? Yoke, union. Um, so it's that union of the body, mind, and spirit. And um, I mean, I think our greatest life's work is to be embodied and express ourselves through the body. And yoga, for me, has been a vehicle to be okay in my body and um, feel alive in my body and be able to express myself, not just through my yoga practice, but like that's bled into how I um, do acupuncture or work with herbal medicine or parent or garden or I don't know, wash my car, sweep my floor, you know what I mean? Anything in a way as a practice, it's just a matter of how you approach it and do it with your attention. Absolutely. And that's, that's a big thing of what it's done for me. And is I, I feel like it's such a great, you know, yin to the yang that is the other active things that I like to do. Like my, my playing of soccer completely changed once I started doing yoga mm. and um, surfing is different when I, when I do yoga a lot, you know, like I can, I really notice the difference when I'm practicing yoga often. Um, 
my uh, my body is connected to my breath so much more mm-hmm. my movements and I, I feel like I'm more present and I'm able to like surfing is scary uh <laughs> some of the time you know like you're basically throwing yourself down the face of a wave that's gonna curl over and try to drown you totally and um and so then I can at times I can get caught up in my mind of like the fear of like oh I don't know if I want to do that but mm-hmm. w- but like through yoga one re- really cool thing that you do all the time is you take that monkey mind and you like put your body to work and you relax it and you breathe through it and you you stay present and it really helps me with that a lot yeah yeah I love that um and then I'll say about teaching I feel like um I like to take a lot of ownership in my teaching and that I'm crafting an experience and an opportunity for people to get in touch with themselves and so I I definitely don't take that lightly and look at that teaching practice as art as well. Um, like it's, I think sometimes yoga is looked at as maybe just exercise, which is okay if that's what somebody needs, but to create a sequence of poses and breath work and theme that can create an opportunity for someone to dive into themselves I think is a lovely art form as well and I've had teachers who have completely changed my life by the way they teach absolutely yeah and when when it's done well like holy shit shit. um, it's crazy it's like you come out and you feel like your brain and like your heart and your brain and your soul were taken out of your body, scrambled up, realigned in this like beautiful way and then put back in you. And then you come out and you're like, Oh, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, it's a journey. It's like, wow. I just met myself in ways I didn't know myself. Thank Thank you. Thank yeah. you. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll say that some of the classes that you've, you've, taught that I've gotten to do um have just been so nice like so nice like it's really great when our when our family gets together you'll lead us through through a class or here and there and like um it's like yoga teachers it's an interesting thing because like it's almost one of those things where if you if it's done really well you almost don't even notice that it's happening it's like you know, like it, you only really notice the yoga teacher in a, it, when it's a negative thing. But then when it's done really well, it's like so seamless that you're like, oh, wow, you like float through a dream almost. Yes. Um, and that's uh, that's what you do. Oh, thanks. Okay. Yeah. Well, also keep it. It's like um, I feel like you you weave in uh, like the presence and spirituality elements of it while not being like overpowering with it it's like the i feel like the spirituality element of yoga teaching is um probably a really delicate balance totally that you have to walk because you're not trying you know yeah to force it but you want to make it available right and to pay homage to the original teachers and um be cognizant of 
the um, other layers of, you know, being a white person teaching yoga. Um, Yeah. I mean, to be really conscious about what you're doing basically is really important with that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah. And I, I just have a lot of gratitude for my teachers ultimately. What, what would you say about like just kind of a general way to look at the different um, the different lineages of yoga mm-hmm. and like you know how, how it how it all breaks down oh man not that you need to go into it that much or but just basically like you know for people who aren't that knowledgeable about yoga like what would you say how, how does it work um oh like how does it work um well <laughs> I mean it was traditionally practiced by people in India and Eastern countries and it was brought over to the Western world by teachers from those places and adopted into our culture and it's been changed and mishmashed and um, evolved in good and bad ways and I think that through all of that metamorphosis and and what it's become and what it still is is it still holds this um, potent magic really of a mind body connection and that's the point that was the point all along Hmm. which is so cool because it's like the essence is where the true magic is and um, it's like the the exterior features of it are shaped and morphed to fit the culture that it's in, but like it still connects you back to that. Yeah. That essence. Yeah. Into your essence. Ooh. Right? Ooh. Nice. <laughs> it's all the same <laughs> essence, right? It's life force. It's prana. It's chi. Whatever you want to call it, right? Um, yeah. And we are it, and everything around us is it as well so do you feel like that's sort of the um like ineffable sort of thing that's happening when you know when I walk out of a yoga class and I feel totally scrambled and put back together Yeah, maybe like we're yeah I feel like you know we can put our own words to it but for me that's my experience um yeah and that was kind of actually my segue I was teaching yoga. I was like 21, 22. I was teaching yoga and doing some writing jobs. And um, that's kind of that, that essence is what got me into Chinese medicine. Um, Because that's what Chinese medicine is also. The essence that's, that's like, it's life force. It's It's chi. Yeah. Ooh, okay. I, okay. I think we're ready to dive into that. Why don't you, why don't you lead us down the path? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, my, I mean, my first introduction to traditional Chinese medicine was I broke my arm. I was riding a road bike and fell off of it and broke my arm back to my inability to be good at sports, I guess. And, um, I had a cast on, I'd went through the Western route, which was great. I like my Western medicine too. Got my cast off 
and, you know, looked at my arm and it was totally atrophied. And I was like, oh man, what am I going to do about this? And I was living in Boulder, Colorado, and there's an acupuncture school there that offered free or extremely discounted treatments to patients if the students could treat you. So I was like, cool, I'll go there. I was really broke. Um, And I got a treatment. And I was like, yeah, my arm hurts. And they're like, okay, how do you sleep? And I was like, oh, terrible. And how was your anxiety? And I was like, oh, it's bad. And I didn't know that acupuncture would work on that. I don't think people know that acupuncture and Chinese medicine isn't just for pain. I didn't. And so I got needles in me a few times and I was like, oh my God, um, I've never felt better in my life. I've got to share this with people. And so I signed up for school shortly after getting a few acupuncture treatments. Um, because for me, it was, um, it expounded upon what I loved about yoga. Um, the theory behind how Chinese medicine works and is. Um, So it was kind of this seamless jump from one to the other. I mean, I still teach yoga, but I primarily practice Chinese medicine now. Yeah. And like, what's, what's your, what's the transition like what I mean as you develop your your practice and like what kind of things are you learning what are the challenges Mm. what are some do you have any breakthroughs that have happened that have been like noteworthy I mean I've had a lot of breakthroughs and I've had a lot of like head banging on wall moments too (laughs) so it's been because I I mean what I love about it also is it's a practice like I I practice this I I'm never gonna be like a master of it in this lifetime, I don't think, you know, and that's what I loved about yoga. It's a practice. Like there's no, um, I'm, I'm the queen of this. I'm the best at this. It's like this ever evolving, endless, um, wealth of knowledge and, um, and theory and connection to the natural world and connection to other people. And so, um, yeah, I, I hit my head on the wall a lot with the business piece (laughs) for certain. Um, That doesn't come as natural to me. Um, I suppose breakthroughs come through. uh, Let's see. I don't know. I owe a lot to patience with breakthroughs. Um, Whoever walks in my door is a teacher, but um, gosh, just the interconnectedness of it all is the most profound thing. Chinese medicine is is based off of a lot of different theories, and there are a lot of different schools of thought, but um, yin and yang, right? We, you touched on yang for a minute. Yin is that cool, calm, um, feminine, cold, creative energy, and yang is that very active, quote-unquote masculine, uh, fiery, forward-progressing energy and we have that all around us. We have that within us, right? And when it's in balance, there's harmony within and around. Um, it's very easy to see when they're out of balance. It's easy to feel when we are out of balance. So there's that. And then there's a five element theory of um, earth, fire, metal, water, wood. And 
within that, ideally there is balance as well. We have those elements around us in the natural world. We have them within us also. Um, And again, easy to see when it's out of balance, easy to feel when it's out of balance. And um, so I guess to observe those rhythms within and around is the greatest um, teacher and seeing it in other people and, and trying to achieve balance as best we can, um, which can be tricky. It's pretty. And it's always evolving. Yeah, I'm and sure. changing. It's always changing. Um, that's never like the seasons are really important <clears throat> in Chinese medicine and, and they correspond to elements and they're always moving. It's never a fixed thing they're always leading into each other life's always moving um and so to be aware of that flow um and to go with it is important now is is this is i might be totally ignorant in asking this but is qigong related to this closely um because it is so flowing yeah and and i can't say i mean i had to take a qigong elective in acupuncture school and to be honest i didn't really jive with it even though i think it's really neat um i think yoga for me does that so i don't know that i can speak to qigong super well but yeah the idea is that you're 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 balancing out and harmonizing your chi, basically. Um, it's really cool. As you're saying this, it brings up this um, thought. So I just finished this book. It's called Until the End of Time. It's by this doctor or physicist, Brian Green. And he's taught, he's just like breaking down the physics of the universe from the micro to the macro. Mm-hmm. And um, there's basically the same elements found throughout the entire universe and you can find a lot of those things in Mm -hmm. us and we're all basically made of the same thing and then like um you know electrons protons neutrons everything's all like driving and um vibrating and um the energy is just like constantly flowing through and uh it's really cool because it's like they're the same things like saying the same thing Yeah. Yeah. And back to that macro micro thing. That's a big precept in Chinese medicine as well as we are the micro and the world around us is the macro. We are the same thing. We are made of the same stuff and we are incredibly interconnected. Is there um, like a Gaia type energy Mm. in, in that way of thinking? like a mother earth Gaia Mm. yeah yeah I mean I guess I guess you could look at it that way the element like the external elements being a Gaia or or whatever name you want to attach to it I think the cool thing is is you can that can be very personal um and there's a there are a lot of different styles within Chinese medicine that that kind of tune into that too um so yes <laughs> is that it for your question <laughs> um yeah i think okay. i think it does um can you dive into how just like kind of a, a general explanation for all of us how 
how the needles work and like what that like it, it works with meridians and lines yeah, of energy, it does. right? Um yeah, so okay. um your body has twelve main meridians which are connected to organs and um within that there are yin and yang pairs. Um I don't want to get too theoretical or heavy. I want it to be able to connect with this. But um, um, okay, yes, 12 main meridians, 12 main organs. There's yin and yang pairs. Um, the meridians run up and down the body. They either travel from the trunk, the torso, to the limbs or from the limbs to the torso. And those lines of energy um, have points on them, acupuncture points, that are these potent little energetic fields um, that can be stimulated in certain ways to create changes within the body, whether it be at a deep organ level, a source level, a spiritual level, or like this muscle hurts, put a needle in it, make it feel better. Um, you can work with a lot of different layers. Um, and I also like to think about, or, um, excuse me, meridians as, um, electromagnetic pathways that can be found in the fascia of the body, the connective tissue, um, and you can stimulate that's in the fascia of our body is where you can find the most electromagnetic um, tissue and energy, nerve innervation and whatnot. So you can stimulate that to create shifts also. Um, so that's very tiny nutshell of how it works. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, I mean, we could get a lot deeper. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, it seems like the fascia is an element that, like, Western medicine really is just now starting to become aware of. And yeah, dive into. it is. Um, yeah, energy medicine is catching on, um, whereas it has always been an energy medicine, like the root of traditional Chinese medicine and a lot of um, traditional medicines all around the world are, are based at a very um, energetic spiritual level um, with people communing with plants and being incredibly connected to the earth and being able to commune with it in a different way than we can now um, for so many reasons. I mean, traditional Chinese medicine was originally an herbal medicine practiced by shamanic people who you know could get in touch with plants and figure out their constituents and what they did and they're they're still used in a lot of the same ways that they used them 3,000 years ago the needles came a lot later actually um, and it was a very sacred special practice originally and it still is um, but it's been globalized and, and it's, you know, in a, in a lot of great ways, it's in hospitals now too. Um, so it's, it's neat to see it evolve 
but it, it does have this very old um, essence to it that is, is very lovely and poetic. I mean, originally how acupuncture points were memorized by practitioners was by poem and story. Each, each name of a point is very specific and um, sheds light on its functions. There's a point on the lower leg that's used a lot. It's stomach 36. Um, it's below your knee on the lateral side of your tibia. And there's a little hollow there that's often quite tender on people. Um, the name of the point is Zusan Li, and that translates into leg three mile. And it was uh, the story, the poem that goes with that name was, it goes, soldiers would use this point on themselves to keep going three more miles when they were completely <clears throat> tired and destitute out wherever they were in, you know, ancient China. And it's still used as a point to um, fortify energy and create blood and create chi for someone who's fatigued. It's good for the immune system. So there's, there's a lot of story and um, um, tradition in even just the names of the points and that kind of reminds me of um so like the poetic element ha nature of these points kind of reminds me of my understanding of sanskrit right which like the words are like sanskrit's a vibrational yeah. language so like the actual words have sort of a, a like a like they carry a resonance mm -hmm. or which, which tells the story of what's going on in sort of a, yeah. an abstract way. Yeah. They have that like seed sound, which creates exactly what you said, a resonance. Um, and I think that the, yeah, the, the meaning of the words used to describe the points or the name, the names of the points themselves. It's like that story has a resonance of the action of that point. Um, so yeah, it's there's a lot of power in, in the word. Um, and I think another reason why I fell in love with Chinese medicine is I um, studied poetry in college and creative writing. Um, so when I discovered the um, poetics of Chinese medicine, so to speak, it kind of melded all of my passions interlinking also natural world into one thing. Um, it completely encompassed everything I um, am drawn to and inspired by and in love with. So, yeah, I think it's an art form. Yeah. <laughs> and you We're are all artists, artist. though, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. If we choose mm -hmm. to be, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Everything. Everything we do, like every, like you said, you know, like washing the dishes. Is, everything's an opportunity to yeah. be an artist um yeah uh so i always ask people what is their definition of art and you already kind of answered that you said it's not what it is it's how yeah. you do it um do you want to expand on yeah, that a sure. little bit um <clears throat> let's see i think it also ties in resonance 
Um, Cause I think with art, there's also this like connective tissue to that, right. That it emotes something for us out of us um, and connects us to each other. Right. Um, like I've seen mm-hmm. obviously pieces of art that have brought me to my knees in their beauty. Um, but I've also seen like how, how someone, I mean, take your pick. I, I've, how some, a barista makes your coffee, right? Like the energy they put into that has a resonance to it or how, you know, the trash man, the other day, like our, our trash got picked up and our bucket spilled and this poor man, you know, had to get out his broom and sweep it up and he certainly didn't have to, but he did it with such tenderness and attention that it was, it was really lovely. Um, yeah, I think art creates this um, connective vibration also. There's that element. That's awesome. And <laughs> it's like, it's cool. I mean, you're talking about the guy getting out and doing the trash and it's like, it all, like it, it makes me misty thinking about that and what it really like I feel like what it is is like the level of consciousness that is being applied to a situation Mm -hmm. you know and like um I like to kind of kick around the question like what is good art what is bad art like is there any sort of thing is there Mm -hmm. like is there a parameter that you could even look at art in terms of good or bad and and um, I mean, that right there feels kind of like a breakthrough way to look at it, which is like a, a better question to ask is like, what is the level of consciousness that's being applied to this? And that's not doesn't mean like, is that person smart or talented or able or whatever? It like it has nothing to do with that. Um, it's like which is so beautiful because it opens up the possibility for anybody at any level of whatever they're doing to be like great in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Cause when I think about my work and um, if I just unconsciously walk into a room and take someone's intake and learn their story and whatever's wrong with them, what they think is wrong with them. And if I mindlessly put needles in them, it's not going to do anything. You know what I mean? Like there has to be intention and care and resonance and and working from a heart space. Um, And I think we can work from a heart space in anything we do. Sometimes easier said than done, obviously. Um, Well, it's it's really cool that you're saying that. Okay, so my artistic journey... um, you know, trying, I've always had this vision of being a great artist, being one of the greatest artists Mm -hmm. of all time and all this whatnot. And there's been all these, like, these moments of, like, breakthrough throughout my um, artistic practice throughout life. And there were times where I was just so in it and, like, fully, Mm -hmm. just, like, 100% committed. And then, and I, and I experienced success, you know, selling paintings and, um, having people just like absolutely love what I was doing. And then there were other times where like later down the line where I was like trying to 
be a professional artist. I was like, well, I've done that before. Like in the past, I had these successes. So now I'm at this level. So then I'm going to just like, you know, keep on going and I'll just like make more art like that. But mm-hmm. it was like my mind was in the way and I, my heart wasn't in it. And I would, you know, I look back at times, there's certain times in like college when I was making art where it's just like, there was crazy mm-hmm. magic going on. And, and it, it has been hard to like reconnect yeah. with that at times. And, um, but it's like, that's what is it, just like full presence commitment consciousness love like just all in and and that's what you're talking about of walking into the the room like you can be the most accomplished acupuncturist and then if you think about if you go into that room on like riding on your your past experiences then you are going to be a terrible acupuncturist in that moment well we're not terrible but it's gonna be it's gonna be missing something yeah it totally misses something like there's a great power in um in the attention right yeah and like yeah i we still have to like pay our taxes and like do all the things right and it's i i'm not good at like doing my taxes from my heart space but and having more responsibilities and and things you just gotta do um certainly get a can feel like they're getting in the way of that flow right um but i feel like it's also um it's like the yin to the yang you know not that one's bad and one's negative yin and yang but um we need both like we need the contrast to know what it's like to feel that magic right yeah. 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 And, and uh, <laughs> there's the, the quote from someone super wise one time. Um, it's like, what do you do before enlightenment? Uh, yeah. You chop wood and you carry water. And what do you do after enlightenment? Okay. You chop wood and you carry water. Like, we still have to live in this three dimensional reality. And that's where, you know, as, as a creative artist in whatever way people go, like they still have to develop the part that like fits with society. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's, that's one thing that I've had to really um, dive into to learn. (laughs) And it's, and that, I mean, that's one of the biggest challenges too, is like having that element and like diving into that, but then not losing the magical side too, because, you know, like I I don't want to get too formed and, like molded by the three-dimensional reality mm-hmm. society and lose that like funky artistic totally. flair yeah the magic needs to be kept alive mm-hmm. yeah well and i'm assuming that like i mean in the world of yoga in the world of um acupuncture and and herbs it's like as far i mean it seems like it's on another dimension like there's another dimension sitting on top of everything that we experience in the normal three-day 3d world and like yoga and acupuncture are evidence of that and like plants who knows what level of existence they <laughs> you know what frequency they're vibrating uh, at yeah and they, like, i mean they communicate on a totally um, different level right um we could learn a lot from them we should learn a lot from them that's what i think um yeah 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 being embodied's a trip 
um, on that note, what uh, another question I like to ask is, what advice would you give to your, you know, self? Say like, you know, ten oh, to fifteen year old <laughs> Lane. Um. Hmm. I I th- I think that I think for me and going back to yoga it's like it it taught me that I belonged and so I would just say that I belong and that's what the advice I like to give to any soul that feels lost or a younger person you know still kind of finding themselves it's like you totally belong we all belong in this in this web we all have our place yeah and i feel like a lot of people um especially these days and i don't know about days before but you know these days where we're all so connected to our devices we're also disconnected in normal reality it's not i mean we didn't even dive into the whole covid thing and right in, in any way shape or form but um but like that you know it I feel like the separateness of, of this is actually like really pushing people into really interesting spaces mm-hmm. if they choose to go there. In terms um, of what are your thoughts um, on the that? current pandemic? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, just personally, it's been quite the opportunity to go in and do some inner work. Um, some things I've been avoiding, like I don't, I don't have to busy myself now with, I've got to get to my office and drop my kids off on time and da, 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 da. Like my routine kind of like blew up basically. So now I don't have the excuse to not, you know, do some inner work that I'd been avoiding, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a big thing is that we're all, but in. we don't have anywhere to go. Like yeah. we can't just like get away from these things that we maybe all yeah. avoid um, um, on a regular basis. And I, you know, I just think it's so fascinating this virus um, in that it's, it's completely demonstrating how connected we are as humans. I mean, look at its spread. And it's classless and yeah. it's genderless and it, you know, it doesn't care what race you are. Um, and, you know, I wish, you know, that we could approach it all as one because we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not to switch the subject <laughs> to something way cooler and sweeter, but <laughs> I just feel like I want to talk about how amazing and magical your, yeah, your daughters, my nieces yeah. are. We can my nieces that. are. How about them as, how about oh, them I as mean, an that's artistic like the practice for you? Practice and presence is having children. And surrender. I mean, <laughs> not in control here. Um, and I look at them as teachers ultimately. I mean, yeah, like I take responsibility and make sure they're healthy and have shelter and all the things, right? That's not, that's not <laughs> but, um, yeah. it is, um, it's a spiritual practice, it brings you to your knees. It's amazing. 
and I mean, I mean, I have two, and I, I never knew this. I mean, I know people are different, obviously, but how different two beings can be, even though they seemingly come, you know, from the same two people. It's like they couldn't be more different. They're like yin and yang. Um, and so to see, like, how unique people are has been so interesting and lo- lovely and to let their personalities develop and see what they love and they're still little like I don't I don't even know the full extent of it yet and I can't wait to see it yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah awesome. those two are awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. never been more tired Taylor never been more tired oh my gosh i'll bet i'm only getting a taste of it totally. with having nova the new puppy good intro puppies are I can good. only imagine yeah you guys go you guys go strong yeah jeez. We, uh, we operate from the heart space which which is the fire element um <laughs> so you got to be careful with it right <laughs> yep yeah yeah uh well is there anything else that you want to say in in terms Mm. of all this good stuff um i mean i always like to attempt to tie things together right maybe that's the the old poetry student in me but um i guess i think it's just at least for me um with my work and my art and every art and how I experience art is that it's just a, a lovely reminder of our separateness, but also our connectedness and that it's, I love that, you know, you've taken this on yourself to talk to people and their art and they're from all different walks of life. You know, I'm not a painter, but like you are, but I feel like we connect like we can so connect about our arts, right? And um, how lovely is that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so cool. I'm having a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for being on. Um, this is the part where, uh, the part of the episode where I acknowledge my guest for being on and um yeah i mean you're such an artist in different ways and it's you have so much depth to you you're you're just an amazing human being and you have been from the moment i got to meet you and it's just Mm -hmm. it's been so nice having you as part of the family and you're uh yeah you're a magical human and the, the what you're bringing to the world and the people that you're serving and all of it like it's um it's just really nice to know that you're you're there and that people yeah. like you There's are out great, there and great folks really out cool. there for sure yeah i get to do what i do yeah 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 um so where can people mm. connect with you yeah. follow I'm you gonna, support you i um, am trying to get better at social that. media can't say it's one of my strong points um and if you want to follow me through the ethers um you can find me on instagram 
at attune, A-T-T-U-N-E dot M-T from Montana, just M-T though. Um, That's my handle. And in the flesh, you can find me gallivanting in the hills around Bozeman, Montana. (laughs) I am currently practicing at a really incredible integrative clinic called Enso Natural Medicine in Bozeman. Um, I'm part of a really incredible team of practitioners of all sorts, naturopaths, um, more acupuncturists, body workers, shiatsu people, herbalists. And um, I don't know. It's an ever-evolving practice. I'm sure there'll be more in the future. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah. I've been gallivanting with you guys in Montana, and it's – it's yeah, so much it's, fun. It's, it's so um, beautiful up there. It's a lovely and... um, study of the elements. Like I feel like when I'm here, I'm I'm getting deeper, more deeply connected to my medicine. So, yeah, it's my heart's home. It's beautiful. So when there's no COVID, everyone should come visit, <laughs> including you. I hope I get to see you in July. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We got that trip planned. We. Uh... I'll be interviewing Cam uh, then, Lovely. probably when we're when we get to be in person. He, he he's really a hard is. guy to to pin he, down for these interviews. He's pure, he's pure fire. Sure. <laughs> he he only has a little bit going so on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that'll be good. That'll be coming up in the future. So, um, well, Lane, thanks, Taylor. thanks for being Lovely. on the show. I really appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> it is. So that, my friends, was Lane Gallegos. Um, she is a yoga instructor, practitioner, acupuncturist, sister-in-law, um, mother of two sweet little things, and wife to my brother, and a nature lover. Lives in Montana, up in Bozeman. Really, really beautiful up there. Um, yeah, reach out to Lane, say what's up. Um, you know, feel free to ask her any questions about anything that you're going through, whatever comes up around this interview. Um, she leads some online yoga classes here and there through uh, her yoga group. And yeah, it's amazing. They're, uh, they're, they're really great. I've always loved all the classes that I've gotten to do with her. So do it, reach out, ask her when the next one is jump in there. Now always, uh, you know, I ask you to subscribe to the podcast so you can know when the new episode comes out. I've got all these new episodes lining up. I set up a Calendly link for this whole thing for the interview process. And been sending it out to all the creatives that I know and so we're starting to stack up all these interviews so I'm doing like two a week now so it's starting to starting to take shape and you know same thing with the content of these interviews is the whole thing starting to get a flow to it and I'm, I'm really liking it how about you you like it um, let me know you can find me on Instagram at Taylor G murals same thing on Facebook that's my website also um, Yeah, I really appreciate you listening and sharing this with other creative, inspired, inspiring people. And uh, 
you know, trying to build a community around creativity. So thanks again for being a part of this all. Cheers.